0: Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. NBA Strayer. How are you going? How are you? You're probably better than your mate Jim. I'll tell you that much. This is NBA Strayer. It is Wednesday. November 22nd all day. It is hump day. And I've got COVID. (laughs) Oh yeah, baby. That's right. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. You can find that at CodeBet.com.au. You can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA. Code bit daily, all the good stuff. And we're here to uh, get you sorted with all things NBA, day in, day out. Maybe not tomorrow. We'll see how we go. <laughs> here in Larry Armour Studios, luckily didn't go into the office today. Very smart of me. Uh, but did get to sit here and watch an absolute crap ton of NBA Cup, the in-season tournament, and it was pretty fun. The green wreath that goes bang. We had an absolute belter of an Atlanta-Indiana game. We'll talk about that. KD keeps moving up the all-time marks. I'll wrap all those games up in the NBA straight game. wrap. We've got that, Sun, all Mate, No Mate, Spot of the Night, Better than Lonzo Borg, and yeah, some Nazi. I'm probably a bit in the day now. Back to gas! We'll be serving up a Flame Girl Take There's an Andrew Gaze, Gray Mumber Award, and then we'll preview all the games tomorrow. It's a massive slate tomorrow because it's the pre Thanksgiving Day uh, slate where the NBA absolutely cowards out to the NFL once more and gives them Thanksgiving. Uh, the NFL. Then also took Christmas Day. So great job, NBA. You're just covering yourself in glory at this point. Anyway, we'll wrap up. Well, we'll set up all 14 of those games. Who knows how I'm going to be feeling tomorrow. So uh, we'll see how we go. Anyway, episode 990. Watch out. 990 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shock attack. Ah, you better. You better watch over the Barkley attack on Jordan Clarkson's Napoleon outfit today. I feel like Jordan Clarkson should spend less time on his stupid hats and uh, more time on, I don't know, not turning the ball over, putting the ball in the bucket, all that good stuff. Uh, But it was good to have the inside of the NBA crew on today, (sighs) apart from when they weren't. (laughs) Great job, Australian ESPN, just saying. I know they can only show little bits, but God, it's frustrating. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show, with the daily. I think it's some sort of whip around, isn't it? Yep. Got the cocoa. Can you believe it? So the worst part, well, the worst part, I don't know. I've got a broken finger. Old mate's been spewy as hell. That's got nothing to do with COVID. Apparently, she was at the doctor. Uh, as I mentioned, the squids have both been sick in the last week. I'm, like, sort of skating on thin ice, just waiting for, like, the gastro thing to, just, you know, waylay your old mate Jim over here. And instead, I've got COVID. I woke up this morning, had a bit of a, you know, sore throat, bit of a sniffle. I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel great. The worst part, though, was I hopped out of bed, and I'm like, why the fuck is my left Achilles killing me? And it's still wildly sore. I've not done anything. <laughs> and I'll, now I've got one working leg. One working arm, uh, and COVID, and it's yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's fucked. Oh God, I mean, this is horrible. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, good to see Stephen A. Smith uh, being able to be out there and debating uh, Lightning McQueen on his show. That was pretty fun. Go check that out. Anyway, so you made Jim's in a. Uh, bit of Dire Straits. He's like Mark Knopfler. Anyway, I'll be right. Uh, so just a warning. I don't know if I'll do a show tomorrow. It just depends on how I'm feeling, <laughs> obviously. Jesus. Uh, but because there's no nothing on uh, Friday, we might just do a big wrap-up and you know, show on Friday. So we'll see how we go. Nice one. All right, let's get into the show properly. The actual news. Uh, some weird stuff going on with the Knicks. In a surprise to nobody, uh, there was a great moment where... Uh, James Dolan has stepped away apparently from the NBA Board of Governors Advisory slash Finance and Media Committees, which is pretty funny. And he has also told Adam Silver and co. that he doesn't want to attend the Board of Governor meetings. Uh, he's going to obviously still have voting power, but he's going to have the General Counsel, Jamal Lassane represent the Knicks at the Board of Governors meetings. Basically, it's James Dolan throwing his court toys out of the cot uh, because he reckons Adam Silver's uh, plotting against him or something. Um, because... I was going to hit on this yesterday, but we sort of just flew through a big, 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 big show. There, There is like this weird sort of thing with the Knicks and the Raptors. There's a, a lawsuit the Knicks have filed. There's basically alleging that like there's thousands of confidential files. Uh, basically with the sort of weird mix up of a employee going to and fro and all this sort of shit. And the Raptors motion to dismiss it and basically want to have Adam Silver arbitrate the dispute rather than have it through the courts. And the court's like, nah, give us 10 million bucks, Toronto. Toronto, like, fuck you, what are you doing? Um, The Knicks are pointing out that Larry Tannenbaum is a mate of Adam Silver's and they're just like, this is bullshit. So, I love that. Tannenbaum serves as Silver's boss and exercises control over and heavily influences Silver's continued employment and salary. It's like, um, so like the Knicks... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fucking chaos. They're lunatics. I love it. <sighs> anyway, good on him. Couldn't happen to a better franchise. Uh, other little bits of news. Scoot will be back soon. He's been assigned to the Portland G League remix. Love the remix. Remix forever. Uh, for return to the core conditioning, he had his right ankle sprain back at the start of November. He was going to miss like two, to three weeks. That's exactly where we're at now. So good on him. Handy. Uh, what else? Memphis looks like they're sticking around in Memphis for a bit. Uh, they're gonna update FedEx Forum, which is a pretty gnarly I really enjoyed that stadium. So I don't know, they need two hundred and thirty million dollars in state funds to go towards uh, Renos and basically to lock it in for twenty five more years there in Memphis. So the mayor is all like, Yeah, we're all good. And it's like, alright, cool. I love FedEx Forum. Like it was you can see that I think what they're trying to do is they like have like much more of a uh, the same with a lot of the brand new sort of arenas that trying to like get the high rollers in and have the VIP experience up in close and have like all the uh, the ability to get in, like, you know, your, not so much table service, but your, your steward, stewardess kind of service where you've got a VIP treatment. They bring you all your gear. That's kind of nice. So good on you, Memphis. Uh, anyway, other news. Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, Billy Donovan keeps getting asked about Levine uh, pushing away the Bulls PR lady. He's like, hey, we're done with it internally. Piss off. <laughs> You're like, all right. That seems like it's going great. Uh, and meanwhile, Janet McDaniels for the Wolves. He's out for two to three weeks with the right ankle sprain. Uh, that happened, was it yesterday? Against the Knickerbockers in that Wolves-Knicks game. Pretty crazy. Bit of a rough one for the Wolves. He's been really fucking good. So that stinks. Throws a little bit of a spanner in the works, I think, for the Wolves just because he does so much. But it's going to be interesting to see how they go tomorrow. All right, let's do some game wraps. We had some chaos games today. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. Uh, Actually, before we do that, like the Knicks thing is just hilarious, isn't it? Like if there's one franchise where you're like, hey, uh, could you just be normal? They're like, no, <laughs> not a fucking chance. You're like, oh, God, these fucking guys. I love it. Anyway, Toronto. Speaking of it, shh, being sued, uh, 107 in Orlando, 126. This is more in-season tournament, of course. Uh, we had the awesome Orlando court. Look, you know how I feel about anything gray. Gray uniforms are the worst. They're a blight on sport. Uh, this court is a beautiful mix, though, because you've got a really light white-gray with the royal blue and a bit of the gold for the uh, in-season tournament trophy. That looks Beautiful. This was a slug first early, and then it was a Suggs first, because Jalen Ar- Jalen Suggs just went, nah, cool, check this out, boys, we're going to win this one. And off they went. The wings from the Magic just went bang, yeah, Paolo lacing threes. And then the bench, the bench, look, led by Jingles, he came in, just gave him the old one-two cost zoo, and kapow, kapow, kapow. They end up, I think, 38 points heading into the fourth quarter, and the Magic put up 100 points in three quarters. And you're like, geez, that's a lot. And then, of course, Indy Atlanta happens at the same time. Uh but that's the flip side. The Raps bench going into the fourth was like, I think four or 15. That'll do it. <laughs> the magic shots, magic bench was 16 and 24 at the same point. So I don't know about you, but if uh, you're quadrupling the amount of makes from the opposite team's bench on nine less shots, uh, nine more shots, then I am I feel pretty good about you. But then magic just rolled to the win, right? There was a hint of a comeback by the Raptors in the fourth quarter, put it back to like 18, 16 or whatever. And, uh, they call it timeout. Jamal Mosley's like, fucking timeout. Franz, Paolo, Cole, buckets straight after the timeout, game over. Uh, this is the thing. Toronto just throw up these stinkers, and that's what it makes it so hard to judge what they're going to do. Like, game in, game out. Siakam goes 5 of 10. He had 16 and 8, but he went over 2 from 3. OG had 11 on 8 shots. Scoob had 14 8 and 4. 24 for Denny Schroeder, IMG, and Rondo. And obviously, nothing off that bench because Gary Terrence, Kent Derby sucked. Meanwhile, Paolo, he looked awesome in this game. And we sort of, I think StatsGuy and I talked this one out yesterday. I think we picked, I ended up picking Toronto because I thought, look, the wings of Toronto would give the wings of Orlando some hassles. They did not. 25 for Paolo. Suggs has 18. Franz, hello. Franz Wagner has 17. Cole Anthony had 15. There were 23 turnovers for Toronto. That is a shit show. And there were 15 offensive boards for Orlando as well. That's a lot. It's a lot. So, good win. Good, obviously, good win for the Orlando Magic Men because that gets them to 9-5. and So, drops the Raptors to 6-8. and 2-4 and four away. Not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. Like, they shot 50% from the floor and from three and it didn't matter because there was an 11 turnover difference because they had 23 turnovers. Yeesh. Toronto, a bit of a uh, aimless sort of team at the moment. You kind of just... Feel like Messiah is just waiting to pull the trigger on just going right. We're blowing it up and building around completely just Scoob. So, but I don't know. OG's pretty young. Siakam still young, and it just doesn't feel like they've got the building blocks. Grady Dick just Bj from the <laughs> they're just gemstones. Uh they really, really just like Schroeder is good. He's handy, and it's just games like this where you're like just. Both both of these teams, weirdly enough, need a point guard, and uh, here we are. Anyway, Indy Atlanta, insane game, beautiful court. How good was this? 157, the Pacers beat Atlanta, 152. The baby Blue. Oh, it was unreal, this court in Atlanta, and the game itself. As beautiful as the court was, it's like defense was allergic to it. (laughs) 157, 152. Atlanta went past the 100-point Mark, at like seven minutes to go in the third quarter. It's the second quickest to 100 points the Hawks have ever had. Uh, I think they did it against Washington, a horrible Washington back in 2020. Uh, And then you're like, all right, gnarly, 86 at the half for Atlanta. Bogey was going off. He had 22 in the first half. They had 86 as a team. Hawks are flying. Thing is, they allowed Indy to have 73. So it's not like they completely shut them down. And guess what? That opened the door because Halliburton then went fucking nuts. 26 points in the third quarter. It's a 119, 114 game going into the last quarter. Yeesh. That was 16 of 22 from the floor in that third. 9 of 11 from three as a team, the, uh, the paces. It was hilarious. From down 20, boom, they tied it up with 3 minutes 40 to go in the third quarter. It was crazy. And this is after only three teams have recorded an 80 point half this season. One was the Pacers, the other two were against the Pacers. They are amazing. But then down the stretch, this actually goes hammer and tongs back and forth. Halliburton, there's a, time, uh, time, uh, there's a turnover right at the end from him, just loses the ball. DeJounte Murray goes back up the other way, reckons he's going to get fouled, goes too hard at the bucket. They miss it, scramble for the rebound, game over. Hilarious. Like Indy were just lacing everything. Buddy Heald hit a massive three. They were answering it. Murray and Trey were awesome. Bogie was great. He dried up in that second half, though, and it was a bit of a weird one. Atlanta ended up fifteen to thirty-one from downtown, fifty-nine percent from the floor. Trey has thirty-eight and eight and five of eight from three and got outplayed by Halliburton. It's crazy. Murray had twenty eight, he goes four or six from deep. Bogie with twenty-six, but this one belonged to Halliburton. Twenty at thirty-six points, as I mentioned, twenty-six of them came in the third quarter. 11 of 18 shooting, 9 of 15 from downtown. 6 of 6 from deep as well for Buddy Heald. He had 24. Benny Matherin had 19. Ain't no stopping. Obi Toppin at 21. 17 for Naismith. They went 22 of 45 from downtown, 60% from the floor. This Pacers team, when they're up and about, when you've got shooters like Heald with Matherin, Naismith, There's a lot of cutting. You've got Bruce Brown plugging all the gaps. You've got Miles Turner doing a little bit of something, something. You've got Halliburton orchestrating it all. It's awesome. This is only the 13th time that we've hit 309 points in regulation. Hawks become the 17th ever to lose when scoring over 150. And the Pacers win their in-season tournament group. Awesome gear. This game was absolutely fucking bonkers. You need to go back and watch it if you didn't. 157, 152. Wildly entertaining. Pacers moved to eight and five. Hawks dropped to six and seven. They're two and five at home. Just saying. Cleveland. 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 Beat Philly. This game was absolute chaos. We go to overtime. It's one twenty two, one nineteen. The Cavs win it. Uh really fucking entertaining game. No Donnie Mitchell for the Cavs. And this is just saying, I don't know. Might not be a bad thing. Might not be a bad, bad, bad thing. Just saying. Just saying, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, outside of that, the rest of this game was absolute chaos. Like it felt like Embiid was really slow to get going. Cleveland looked really fast. They looked more communicative. Like Garland was throwing lobs everywhere. Mobley was just up and about. And when both Allen and Mobley are playing a really good game, you sort of look at that Sixers team and go, "Yeah, uh, Joel, you're going to play – he had five blocks, but it felt like defensively he's just – he had to concentrate on defense and it really sort of slowed him down up the other end. Uh, Struce hit a buzzer beating three before the half. That was a backbreaker because like, it was a nine-point game. Suddenly it's 12. And it's like, Philly, head on a fucking swivel. What are you doing? Cavs came out firing the second half. They sort of stayed up 14. It felt like for ages. And then like that was despite, I think the Sixers bench had seven points total with four minutes left in the, uh, in the third quarter. They end up, with 16 total points between them. And uh, it was not great. <laughs> it really wasn't. But Daniel House Jr. actually hit a big three late that sort of kept them in it. But look, the Sixers sort of went into grind them down mode, right? Maxie and Embiid fired up in the last quarter and a half. Boom. It's like a four-point game, uh, five-point game, four minutes to go. Maxie just kept driving into the teeth of the Cavs' defense. And like Harris was sort of up and about, floating around, getting all those weird junk Tobias Harris buckets. He's a professional scorer. It's exactly what you need. But the crazy thing was they would sort of basically tied it up because uh, they just stopped the Cavs from scoring. I think they were up like – the Cavs had gotten up, back up nine with about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then Philly just ripped off a – I think it was like a six-point run. So it's a three-point game. And then you're like, all right, they're back and forth the rest of the way. Tobias Harris hits a big three tight tie it back up 101 with two and a half minutes left, and then they just go back and forth the rest of the way, right? Garland free throws, Maxi driving, driving, driving. Garland hits a massive three that was just stupid. And Philly had answers. Like Embiid was hitting jumpers. They were getting to the line. They couldn't stop Mobley. They couldn't stop it, but they couldn't stop Maxi either. And then it looked like Philly might have gotten the game winner from nobody else but Pat Bev. With like 16 seconds left, he hits the floater, and you're like, what is happening? But they don't get the rebound, Uh, the next possession. Garland misses the shot. Allen puts it up and in. And then at the end of regulation, you've got Embiid missing the... Wait. Three-point game. No, that was in overtime, wasn't it? Yeah, Embiid just misses the game winner, sort of dribbling around the top of the key. And then in overtime, you've got Harris smoking another three to go up, one with 30 seconds left, and then they just don't score again. Garland misses the shot, gets the board, Allen puts it up and in. The Sixers have like a very, very, very yeah. After Pat Bev hit that shot, he also fouled Garland just by BT Dubs. It's live by the Pat Bev, die by the Pat Bev. Awesome play at the end though. Maxi, it's like an inbound from Batoon and B gets it, hands it off to like Maxi going at full speed. He just sends the layup; he hits too straight. It rolls off the edge of the rim the wrong way, and B misses the tip. They foul three-point game. Last shot is Maxi. He misses. They turn over the inbounds. Game over. Cleveland. Cleveland somehow come out of there as a winner. One twenty-two, one nineteen. Amazing gear and hilarious stuff. It really was a wildly entertaining game. Especially like considering that Lakers Utah was a shit show. Like this was really good to have that on, on the uh, on the old you know featured show. Uh, Thirty-four and six from Maxi. He went three or twelve from downtown though, and eleven and twenty-eight overall. Not bloody bad by the Cavs, defensively, sort of just stymieing him, like throwing Struis and Garland and whoever they could at him. Not bad, not bad, man. 32, 13, and 5 with five blocks for Embiid, but he also had six turnovers and shot nine of 21. Not great. Tobias Harris had 23. Hey, Tobias, can you get us 25? 23, you got it, boss. Uh, Batum had five points on five shots, and that was like Melton had a moment where he's like, oh, hey, guys, I might help us win this game. And he did. He helped him get back into it. He had 13 points, six rebounds, three assists, a sick dunk, but he did shoot one of six from downtown. And, like, he sort of feels like the swing dude for this Sixers team. If he hits, like, two or three threes, like, it's just game over. But today, 5 of 14 for his 13 points. For the Cavs, they only went 9 of 25 from downtown, but five of those came from Maxie Struce, who had 20 points. He went 5 of 10 from three. 26 and 13 for go-the-fro Jared Allen. And Mobley had 18 and 12. They were rad, and they needed it, too, because... Uh, It was like, I don't know, between Struis, Garland at 32, 5, and 8. It was awesome. He had three steals. He played his ass off, shot 10 and 25. And uh, they had George Niang, the minibus, provide the revenge. 12 points off the bench. But for me, Craig Porter, CPJ, he was unreal. 12 and 9, just saying. Huge win for the Caps. Huge win. They're 8 and 6 now. Philly, 10 and 4. And uh, in-season tournament gets pretty interesting for both those teams now in that group. Hilarious. But also, big win without Donnie. Uh Portland losing Phoenix, one twenty one oh seven. 7 This court is beautiful. The Aqua on the purple. God damn, I love that Phoenix court. The Grim Wreather, the Great Barrier Wreath. Mm, do ba bop, bop, do it up, bop, bop, bop do The Grim Plus 13 in his eight minutes and ends up with 10 points. Play the man, Blazers, what are you doing? They just couldn't hang with this... Uh, Phoenix team at all. Uh, KD said after the game, he was like, yep, that was the turning point when Duop Ruth came in and just fucking lit a fire under their ass. We we're like, shit, we better pay attention. Because uh, Phoenix leapt out. They're up like heaps in the uh, first quarter. And then uh, Portland won the second quarter. Phoenix did the old meme of like leaning forward with the video game. Controller's like, "Ah, oh, we're actually going to fucking focus now. And uh, Portland could not uh, sort of reel them ever back in. It felt like this was a 14-point game the entire way. Why is that, Jim? Because it was. Seriously, it was like just nonstop, basically that 14-point game. There was like a little bit of a run, I think, at the start of the fourth quarter where they got it back down to like – it was under double figures. I think they got it back down to like seven. And you're like, holy shit. Here they – oh, no, cool. (laughs) It was like, cool, it's a seven-point game, and then Devin Booker got to the line uh, again and again and again. Grayson Allen hits the three and the game was over again. So – Again, like another little run at the end, but it was all fucking window dressing at that point. So Phoenix had stretched that out. Kept it a mom's length the entire way. Phoenix, as I mentioned, look, they sort of gave up the ghost when Duop Wreath was like right there. They nearly tied it up. Malcolm Brogdon came in, hit a couple of shots, and they were fucking sweating it, but Phoenix still rolled. one 7 Suns are 8-6, Blazers, oh, no. What's the Blazers' record, Jim? Hey, do we know? What, what, are, the, what are the Blazers actually at so far this season? What, what are they? Woo! Yeah, that's right. The Blazers at 311. 26 to Jeremy. Jeremiah Grant today. 19 for Brogdon. 18 and 8 and 4 for a thoroughly outplayed DeAndre Ayton. It's going to hurt his soul to be outplayed by his backup, by the Aussie backup time and time again. Reith was a plus 15 in 13 minutes. He had the 10 points. He goes four or six from the floor and two or three from downtown. Not much else to really write home for for the Blazers, though. Shaden Sharp had a shock. He's going to pop up again in a second. The Phoenix Suns, 31-9 for KD. He became the 11th highest scorer in NBA history. Talk about that again in a second. He also had nine assists, and that's been a big thing over the last couple of weeks. He's really bumped up that assist total. Booker looking very, very good again. Twenty-three uh sorry, twenty-eight, three, and six for him. Missed all three of his threes, but got to the line time and time and time again. You see little looked handy as well. Thirteen for him, Yusuf Nurkic against the old team. Yes, eighteen and twelve with four blocks. If you want to fire up the Bosnian Bear, just get him to play one of his former teams. You'd love to see it. Anyway, and then the final game today it was an absolute laugher. The Lakers just shit pumped Utah. It wasn't great. I was feeling good about this jazz team going into this one. We've seen them sort of hang with the Suns up into this one. And now you're like, uh, uh, yeah, not having a point guard is a bit of a, a bit of a problem, I reckon, because uh, they got flat out straight killed. So he got straight killed. It was 32-17 after one. It got uglier after that. And then they just went, LeBron, just go and fucking chill out, mate. He's like, all right, sick. He had 17-7-9 in 24 minutes. Not bad. Anthony Davis. <clears throat> Jim's just going to die over here. 26-16-4. It's the classic Anthony Davis, I'm going to kick some fucking ass and take some names. Like, Who are you playing, Anthony Davis? He's like, uh, John Collins. <laughs> it's like, Anthony Davis, of course you should kick his ass. You're about a half foot taller than him. Oh, well, also to beat their backup center. You mean Kelly Olenek, the Canadian? <laughs> Great job, Anthony Davis, though. 11 of 14. He, played. Oh, that was awesome. D'Lo had 20 and 8 as well. Uh, shot 7 of 9. Three or four from downtown. Austin Reeves had 19-5-5 five five with three steals. Weapon, 16-8 and eight for Christian Wood. What's ScoMo's got for, I don't know, not hanging on the back bench? Uh, for the Yaz, look, this was just a horror show. Like, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, seven points on nine shots. 15 on 12 shots for John Collins. That's a total cocktail. 10-8 and eight for Larry. That's a girl's name, Marking And four of 10 shooting for him. He just stunk it up. And Ocho Agbaji and Keontae George, they do show sort of like little flashes. You love to see it, but... They are still really young. And this is the game where you're like, Colin Sexton, he had 14, 3, and 4. It's like, I don't know. I feel like you might want to start an actual point guard at some point because they've demoted THT to the bench. He's horrible. He had seven assists, but he shot one of ten. So, yeah, je Anyway, the Lakers win their group in the in-season tournament. They would love to throw a parade for the in-season tournament, wouldn't they? The Lakers, 9 and 6 now, 4 and 10 for the Jazz. The wheels, they're off. All it's right. an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Ah, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 37-16. I kind of glossed over how good he was. There was a great tweet floating around from uh, World Wide World. The three-quarter scoring place for the Pacers is a Naismith free throw, free throw, Halliburton assist on a brown three, Naismith two. Halliburton assist on a brown three, Halliburton hits a three. It's another three. Turner has a two. Halliburton free throw. Halliburton three. Halliburton two. Halliburton three. Halliburton assist to Toppin. Halliburton assist to Toppin again. Halliburton three. Halliburton assist to Toppin again. Halliburton three. Halliburton three. Halliburton three. Halliburton free throws. That is absolute chaos. 37 and 16. He shot the piss out of it. Kick some ass. Took some names. He is, look, I talked about this with uh, Stats Guy yesterday. Darren Fox is wildly entertaining. It's awesome. Halliburton has these games like this where you're like, he is just fucking stupid, though. 37, 5, and 16, three steals, 11 of 18 shooting, 9 of 15 from downtown. It is amazing to me that Tyrese Halliburton has the record for a team that had Reggie Miller on them for fucking ever, that he has got the most made threes for the paces in a game uh, with 10, and he had nine again today. He is unreal. And then Kevin Durant, what a game. He was, I mean, he's playing against the Blazers, I get it, but 13 of 21. 31 points, four rebounds, nine assists, a block. That's his fifth straight game with 30-plus points. Yeah, I guess the 11th leading scorer of all time can play a bit. Also, LeBron James, only man with 39,000 points in the NBA. That's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Spot of the night. Spud, 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 spot of the night. Spot of the night. I mentioned him just in passing. Then Taylen Horton Tucker was one of ten today against the Lakers, against his old team. Uh Jordan Jeremy Clarkson against his old team again as well. Three and nine. But yeah, THT. He's not really dynamite. He went zero of from three. One of which we like. Is that gonna come close to hitting the rim? Oh no, it's not even gonna come close to hitting the rim. He did have the seven assists, but he had one, like the one turnover, six points, a minus sixteen. One of ten shooting is just egregious. over of five for Okja Agbaji. Yeah, what do you do? It's he's young. And then the other one, Torin the Red Bull Prince in that same game, went one of eight, oh of four from downtown. He had four points, one assist, and zero rebounds. That is just gross. Shade and sharp showing his all-round value, 3 of 13, (laughs) 0 of 5 from downtown, three rebounds, zero assists, one steal, four turnovers, and a minus 20 for Shade and Sharp. Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. went 1 of 6 in 21 minutes, Uh, 0 of 4 for the other D-Wade, Dean Wade. Yeah, not great. (laughs) Just not great. Uh, But the Shade and Sharp one breaks your heart. You're like, oh, man, 3 of 13. He'll throw these ones in every so often. Uh, But THT is probably the big stinker. I would, however, like to thank not only did we see the uh, Blazers, you know, hit the dizzying heights of our favorite number for their overall record, but Keontae George, what did he shoot today? <laughs> That's right. He went and shot three eleven. Thanks, young whippersnapper. All right, who's Old mate? No mates. Old mate. No mates. Old mate. No mates. Old mate. No mate Old mate. No mates. Old mate. No mates. Mate, no mate. Old mate. No mates. Who's got no mates today? Uh Nick Patoom had two pretty brutal miscues at the end of that game with the offensive rebound, sort of tipping that out of bounds, and then the inbounds at the very end of the game where he was trying to get it in and uh, turned it over instead. Bit of a rough one for the Frenchie. He's like, my wife, <laughs> she's going to kill me, no? But of course, it's James Dolan. Old mate, no mates, he's your fucking mate. Given all that has occurred lately, I have come to the conclusion that the NBA neither needs nor wants my opinion. <laughs> fucking have a sook, mate. Jesus. I think I'd be better served concentrating on stuff that I actually enjoy. What a fucking sook. Yeah, we get that you own the fucking sphere in Las Vegas, you bell end, but Jesus, you're the custodian of one of the marquee franchises in the NBA that you've driven into the ground over the last thirty fucking years, and you're like, oh, no one even likes me, yeah, because you fucking suck, Jesus. All right, pantsing of the night. I don't know if anyone pantses anybody quite like Obi Toppin does. He has one of the more forceful dunks you'll see. Uh, in-game dunking is just unreal from Ain't No stopping Obi Toppin. And on Yekara Kong, we learned that today. That was a sick dunk from Obi Toppin. Go look at that. He just fucking drives in and just, whap pow Tomahawk. There's a great other panting as well, late. he Evan Mobley just deleted Deleted double hand deleted a Tobias Harris layup with about two and a half minutes to go in that game. It was epic. Mobley is unreal. I fucking love him. Tobias Harris, you got pants better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're gonna get to the pros? And be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, undrafted rookie Craig Porter. Anybody? Because, holy moly, that dude is balling out. Uh, he had 12 points, three rebounds, and nine assists today. Yeah, he had five of nine shooting as well. You might remember we had him the other day when he had the 21-4-4 four and four, and how Lonzo only ever did that 15 times in his entire career. Uh, Craig Porter, undrafted rookie, absolutely crushing it. 12-3-9 today for the Cavs. That's right, for our beloved Cleveland. He was unreal. Like they were turning to him in crunch time. And he's like, all oh, right, it's all right, boys. I got this. Steady hand. 27 minutes. It was a plus 21 in a game they won by three. That's huge and easily better than Lonzo Ball. All uh, right. No magic tweet of the day because I don't think there was one that I saw. Let's uh just check because uh, he is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but he did not give today. So tough one. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. All right. Let's do some yenars yeah, right after this. Before Jim goes, has another goes to have another laydown. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Cadet. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Eli. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as were though and you're listening to NBA Australia 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 and you're listening to NBA Australia you're listening to NBA Australia Let's do some and brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch, get your merch. People. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. You do it. Go to nbaaustradia.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. Away you go. <clears throat> I think we had uh, a big order yesterday. Thank you very much. I think that was a sub on you, mate. Cheers. I uh, got to pay for that dog insulin somehow. <laughs> I mean, also, lucky I get fucking sick pay nowadays. God damn. Who gets COVID in 20... Well, no, a lot of people got COVID at the moment, so I can't really drop that one. It sucks, though. Two kids. I'm just going to be stuck with them. <laughs> uh, right, let's just some Yeah, nah, is that a good one from Matt Bell? Uh, Matty Boo. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, Pop is the most overrated coach of recent time other than Doc Rivers. Spurs have been garbage for five years. Other than Wemby, where's the development since they decided to rebuild? Surely the plan wasn't to get a seven-foot-one-million French dude to save them back in 2018 when they blew it up. Yeah, nah. I mean, this is a thing that I've been harping on a little bit over the years as well, isn't it? Like, the fact that Kawhi bounced really set them back. But I think the development is the thing that sort of still gets me, as well, right? Like... There's a great, uh, was it Tom Petrini wrote a really good article today about like how it feels like there's only like sort of slivers of hope and it just sort of sucks. And like when Pop comes out and is like, yeah, you know, I feel pretty good, you know, it's good to see some good things. It's like, you got fucking shit pumped by 25. Like, and the roster just, I, I even mentioned this the other day, right? Like, the development part of like Vassell is good, Kelden Johnson, it's been handy. But, Outside of that, like, over the last few years, you're like, all right, Lonnie Walker's now gone, and now he's putting up plenty of points for Brooklyn. Uh, Kawhi bounced, but there's very, very few, like, uh, success stories in the way of, like, Manu, Tony. But even for my mind, like, the likes of Bruce Bowen and shit, right, where you just have, like, that random dude that you bring in and fits your system and it just works. And that's sort of what they, like, you can sort of see the building blocks around Wemby with Vassell and Johnson but the lack of sort of like the depth behind that of like alright you've got Doug McBuckets cool you've got Chetty Osman I mean what is he doing not much there Zach Collins alright great you got a bloke who looks like he owns a Subaru Forester but really for me the swing piece of this development arc is like the Sohan experiment at point guard and if it works out popper look like a fucking genius but it's basically trying to turn him into Draymond Green right if you cross Draymond Green with uh, Dennis Rodman, you'd be like, all right, cool, gnarly. But really, it does sort of feel like if they'd had gone and thrown the bag at like Austin Reeves, wouldn't you feel way better about this Spurs team? But instead, they've got Sohan, Trey Jones, and Devontae Graham, and it's just its a bit of a fucking mess. And like Wembenyam is sort of like, who is going to get me a zip ball, huh? I can only dribble the ball up the entire court myself only a few times because I'm seven foot one million. So I think in terms of the tactical now, Pop isn't that overrated, obviously. The development stuff, though, is the thing that worries me. And I think this is probably more to do with the brain drain, right, where everyone just poaches his staff for smart folks, and it gets to a tipping point where institutional knowledge keeps sort of going out the door. But then they sort of bring back the likes of Brett Brown and stuff. and But it's just a bit of a weird one. So, Doc Rivers, wildly overrated if you ask me as a coach. But at the same time, a lot of this stuff comes down to vibes. And at least Pop sort of has his dudes back. But yeah, the development thing is probably more of a bigger franchise vibe for me. So, it's a good one by Matt Baldo. Uh, are Utah bad? Yeah, nah. I mean... To a degree, yes, (laughs) because they are playing bad basketball and they keep getting fucking killed. Uh, Four of ten, they've lost three on the trot now. They were very competitive in those Suns games. The only two teams they have beaten, however, well, in fact, yeah, the only only two teams they've beaten in their last, I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games have been the Grizzlies and the Blazers. Yeesh. It's a problem, but I think mostly it's a problem with, like, they just need a point guard, and it's like, we're going to try Keontae George, and like, okay, great. It's like, we're going to start Jordan Clarkson. You're like, ah, why? It's like, I feel like Clarkson and Sexton should be switched around, and you're laughing. Uh, THT, a point guard, was a horror show, and that's kind of the big problem for me. Obviously, the big tough part for Utah is that they miss Walker Kessler. He should be back soon and we'll sort of help solidify that middle a little bit. But, yeah, that team is a bit of a wobbly one. Uh, do you agree with Shaq? i got no problem with the recent Dr. J's goat list, but mine is MJ, Kobe, LeBron, Magic, and myself top five. And to round out the top ten, I'll add Kareem, Tim Duncan, Karl Malone, Isaiah Thomas, and Steph Curry. Yeah, nah, nah. Look, good on you, Shaq. Going to bat for your dudes, but fucking having Karl Malone over Larry Bird is fucking stupid and egregious and dumb as fuck. Uh, even over, La- like, Carmelo, who couldn't win a fucking thing, uh, versus Bill Russell. Like, piss off. Like, what do we... versus Wilt Chamberlain. Shaq, come on, man. Get a grip, son. Get a grip, big fella. Like, if you're going to go with your second playing five and you're going to have Kareem as your five, that's fine. Tim Duncan, but even then, piss Carmelo off and have Larry Bird at the three. You got Isaiah Thomas and Steph Curry in your backcourt. That's just fucking stupid. Anyway. Uh MJ Kobe, LeBron Magic, and himself. That's not bad. Look good on him. I think you can fucking name whoever you want in your GOAT lists. As long as you got LeBron and MJ in some order at the top. Fucking who cares? And MJ number one, you're all good. <laughs> uh, I'll just check to see if there's any other Yeah, Nars that have been sent through. We've had a few of these pop off, uh, sent in late in the days, and I keep sort of missing a few, so I'll just keep an eye on it. What do we got? Uh, where are my messages? Oh, there we go. Primary messages. Hazard P says, surely better Lonza <laughs> Betalons- Ball has got to stay, and it's got to be Lamello. It's like, yeah, it's like the Draymond Award. We obviously know that LaMelo is better than Lonzo at this point. It's fucking hilarious. It's brutal too. Uh, what else did we have? We had... Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we had the Matthew George one yesterday. Yeah, nah, free Bowman should be training with Patty Jock and Maddie T dropped out of the starting lineups. Yeah, a bit of a rough one, I'll tell you. I'll just check the other ones because we had a few messages sort of come through. Let's do it. We've got another unread one here. Daniel Crawford. Time for Detroit to bring back the Bad Boys team. Recruit Dylan Brooks, Pat Bev, Grace, and Alan Draymond, Morris twins. They'd be shit at basketball It'd be fun to watch. Dick kicks and choker holds galore. Yeah, nah! I love this. This is weird that Daniel Crawford sent this through. This is literally the first time I've seen this. I was thinking about the Bad Boys yesterday and how uh because I've, you know, I've been yelling about shitty, fucking horrible texts from refs. Left, right, and center. And we had another one today for hanging on the rim. If you fucking dorks knew how to dunk, refs, you'd realize that, I don't know, he didn't drop directly straight down right away. He did a chin-up. He didn't do a fucking chin-up, Colin Sexton. He's like, there are people below me. I'm just going to hang for a second and then drop down. And they gave him a fucking T. Again, $10,000 fucking fines for every rescinded tech. Pull your fucking head in, refs. No one's there to see you. You know what's also radical? Hanging on the rim. You know what we go to see basketball for? Amazing feats of athleticism. Fuck off, you dorks. Let the players play. Anyway, the bad boys, it's one of those things where you're watching Detroit and you're like, this team does need an identity. And Sa Thompson, like, get out there, Jalen Duran, throw some wood, Cade Cunningham, become the new Isaiah Thomas. You need Killian Hayes to be the French Joe Dumas. Let's fucking go. I love that one. That is a great year now. Even, yeah, even though Daniel Crawford crushed it. Uh, I'm probably opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, do we need Donny Mitchell in Cleveland? <laughs> Would the Cavs benefit from moving Donny on for something else where they can actually get a couple of uh, wing defenders? Could they maybe send, uh, I don't know, Donny up to uh, Toronto there and get OG and something else in return and they'd be a better team? Yeah, nah, kind of don't mind that. Just saying. Like, Donnie Mitchell's scoring is awesome. And the thing is, like, Garland just hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy for long enough. So you kind of want to have both of them in-house. But, jeez, definitely a question. Uh, but the unpopular opinion of the day, the in-season tournament is an unmitigated success. I fucking love it. It gets folks even, like, competing a hint more. That's all that matters through fucking November. I love it. I love the courts. The Lakers one looked like a fucking tradie spewed up a bunch of monster energy on his high-vis, but fucking whatever. All of the courts are chaos. I'm here for chaos. I love that shit. It is fucking fantastic. To the point where... It's Wednesday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. We found a fucking wombat in the backyard the other day. Speared it with a couple of spears, bang! Over the spit, and you got fucking spitted wombat. Only at Outback. It's a bit gamey, but it you'll get used to it. Just chew. Only at Outback. Go as great as a flame grill take. And today's flame grill take is the in season tournament should be fucking way longer. This should be a way longer in season tournament next year that finishes on Christmas. Simple as that. If you want people to be like, fuck yeah, how good's a fucking awesome NBA on Christmas? Bang! Off you go. Even if you want to go on Chris, on maybe on New Year's Day, I'm fine with that as well because you want to keep your Christmas Day marquee games all good. Keep it running all the way through December. Expand the field so there's more group play and stuff like that. I want to see these courts. I want the chaos. I'm fucking loving it. People are competing harder for longer. Let's turn the in-season tournament into a longer tournament that finishes between Christmas and New Year's and then finishes all up in Vegas on New Year's Day. Only an Outback. I'm not going to lie. I fucking love that. Let's just do that. All right. Uh, I'll be back with the Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, really quick, Australian Player Watch, because we only had jingles in action today, as well as the uh, Portland Blazers blokes. So we had jingles in the win versus Toronto. As I mentioned, he sort of turned the game. 13 minutes, he had six points really early on. Two or three from the floor, one or two from downtown. Uh, one over one at on the line as well. The two rebounds and an assist just fucking put the game out of Toronto's reach, it felt like, from the get-go. And then the Aussies on the Blazers. Aussie Matty T, 22 minutes in that loss to Phoenix. 0 or 2 from the floor, both of which were from downtown. Two rebounds, a steal and a block because he's a menace. Amazingly, though, he was a plus four. They got fucking killed by 13. Maddie T was a plus four. And the Great Barrier Reef, doo-wop, wreath, mm, doo-wop, bop, bop, doo-wop, bop, doo-wop, bop, doo-wop yeah, yeah, he, was a plus 15. In a game they lost by 13, and he did that in only 13 minutes, he had 10 points. The Great Barrier Reef goes, I'm the Grim Reef, Arts. four or six are on the floor, two or three of which were from downtown, one rebound, one assist, two steals, doo-wop, you fucking legend. As I mentioned, KD was giving me big, big raps after the, uh, Game. We did have folks go, Jimmy, have you got the video? I'm like, no, nah, you can't actually get shit off fucking League Pass. Meaning I was speaking of which, League Pass is still absolute just breaking my heart. It just is still not fixed. It's fucked. You can't watch more than one game at a time in Australia because they've just completely fucked like the dates and times. It's a horror show. I've got to do like a screen video record screen thing and just show you just like the stupid fucking steps you gotta go through. It's horrible. Anyway. Let's do an Andrew Gay's Great Mamba Award for Outstanding Achievement and get a bit more positive. Andrew Gay's Great Mamba! 4.4 Outstanding Achievement here right, Clap it up because Kevin Durant, beloved former Seattle Super Sonic, from my beloved Sonics, 31, 4 and 9. 39, 8 and 10. 38, 9 and 9. 31, 6 and 6. 28, 9 and 4. 38, 9 and 5. 25, 7 and 9. 41, 4 and 5. 31, 8 and 3. 28, 6 and 1. 26, 2 and 7. 26, 4 and 7. 39, 11 and 2. There are his last 13 games. That is fucking insane. <laughs> Kevin Durant, to be doing this at his age. Where Booker's been in and out, Brad is just barely playing, and like, I'm loving it. 13 games this season, he's averaging 31.4 points, 7.2 rebounds, 5.5 assists. That is so fucking chaotic. I love this. He's played, this will be his thousandth game as well, and uh, he's now 11th on the NBA's all-time scoring list. He needed 14 to get past Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes, up your ass. Uh, and did it. Moses Malone is up next, which is pretty good. What a legend. I fucking love Kevin Durant. I mean, he's a sook, but he's like charismatic at times and a fucking amazing scorer. Nice one. Paddy Mills Game Day, ball a Game Day Twitter check-in. These have been going fucking great of late, haven't they? Jesus. How about instead of that, you can go watch our videos that we're putting up on Instagram and uh, Facey as well. Stats guy and I. Shed a couple of little shorts. Chris Anstey, here we go. We've got a couple more serious topics on this week's app. Oh, interesting. be a good chat. Oh, i have to have a listen to uh, Has Been Hoops, team and were, though. Interesting. Love checking up with the uh, Anstey gear. Has Been Hoops is an absolute fucking legendary show. Last week's was awesome, Parker. Anyway, uh, nothing else seems to be popping up, so... Oh, that'll do us. Uh, We've got a massive Thursday anyway. We've got all... What have we got? 28 teams. Everyone but the Pistons and the Knicks tomorrow. So let's do it. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks inadvertent, Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How are you going? Yeah, fucked, mate. Broken finger. Fucked Achilles. Got COVID. Sick wife. Sick kids. (sighs) Send beers. Um... Massive Thursday slate, as I said. This is the Wednesday in the States before Thanksgiving, on the Thursday Thanksgiving. You know, having lived in the States for a bunch of years, Thanksgiving was always a weird one for uh, us because it's like, all right, sure. My favorite one is always when America's like, do you have Thanksgiving in Australia? No, you fucking morons. The world doesn't revolve around you and your dumb fucking shit. I'll tell you what. Anyway, but this is a good way to do it. And uh, I hate that they've seeded Friday uh this week. And so like there's you know what, no games that day because they're afraid because oh well the NFL's playing all day and we don't want to do that. <sighs> Fucking grow a pair, of Adam Silver. Just saying. Just saying. But we do have uh twenty eight teams in action tomorrow, so COVID Jim will be laid up on the couch watching all of this. Denver at Orlando, minus four and a half point favorites are the Nuggets on the road in Orlando against the Magic team on a back-to-back. Denver aren't that great at covering lines, especially against teams over 500 on the road without Jamal Murray. I'm going to take Orlando plus four and a half. I think Denver win this, but Orlando keep it just close enough. I say that, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Without Wendell, they might get absolutely smashed in the middle by the Joker after he got kicked out of last game. But I'll still stick with Orlando plus four and a half. They've got Goga. (laughs) They've got all their wings. Even on a back-to-back, they're at home. They should be okay. They do come back down. Uh, Ah, they're all right. Give me Orlando plus four and a half. They are one of the better teams of covering lines in the NBA, if not the best, so give me some magic. Washington at Charlotte. Jeez, this is a bottom feeder one. I'm going to take the Hornets minus three and a half against Washington. Charlotte, I mean, we saw them beat Boston yesterday. There's a little bit of something there with, like, Lamelo. I talked this one out with Stats Guy yesterday about how, do they really need Terry Rozier as, like, a, you know, scoring veteran next to him? Because Lamelo has just gone off as they've sort of finally pieced this together. So I'm going to take Charlotte minus three and a half. I think they're too good for Washington, who are <clears throat> a bin fire. Jeez, just the COVID cough. How is that? Boston minus five and a half in Milwaukee. Well, against Milwaukee, This is in Boston. This is one of the banner matchups. This is going to be huge. Best two teams in the East at the moment. I'll just check that. They are, aren't they? Surely. You bet, Star. Believe it. Because Milwaukee is sort of like a sneaky... Uh, hey, we're actually doing okay, man. What's going on here? And that's good. (laughs) So, uh, in terms of, like, this matchup, you've got Drew Holiday going, I need some revenge. And that might almost do it for me. I think, simply, it's the defense of the Bucks that has just been super holy. It's improving as they've sort of realized that, oh, wait. Yeah, we're not going to do this dumb fuck... uh, pressing defense that Adrian Griffin wants us to run. We're going to go back to our pretty handy drop coverage of Brook Lopez where he can be an absolute fucking menace. And you're like, oh, shit, that's not a bad idea, Adrian Griffin, you dummy. But I think Boston are going to be too good anyway. I think Jalen Brown after the last game sort of shenanigans. I think he bounces back. And Milwaukee on the wings just don't have that many answers for like that combo of Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. Like, we've seen Boston. They don't have Grant Williams anymore to like throw at Giannis, but they do have Al Horford still coming off the bench. Giannis has been tearing it up lately anyway. But I think the rest of the Bucks is the problem for me. Dame versus Drew. You know that Drew's gonna make it his fucking mission to destroy Dame's life in this game. I like Boston minus five and a half. Miami minus two and a half in Cleveland. Uh the Cavs after a big win today, uh, in Philly, go home. I think Miami win this one minus two and a half. There's just a lid like, Cleveland on a back-to-back. It's just going to be a really hard matchup for this Cavs team who are a little bit inconsistent, whereas Miami will just grind them down, hit some threes, bam and butts, and away we go. Miami minus two and a half. Brooklyn go to Atlanta. The Hawks on a back-to-back at home, though. I'm still taking Brooklyn plus three and a half. I think Spencer Dinwiddie will feast, because as I've sort of said, right, he'll go through those stretches where he's like, I went two of nine. It's like, they lost, yeah, every time. But Atlanta's defense, as we saw today, a bit non-existent. If DeJunte can step up and play a little bit of D on Spence, maybe you're good. But Mikael Bridges and Co., I think there's a lot of threes coming from this Brooklyn team. They should beat Atlanta. Give me Brooklyn plus three and a half. Indy and Toronto, both on back-to-backs. The Pacers host the Raptors. I'm going Indy minus three and a half. I just love, love, love the way Halliburton's playing and the way that that team hit fucking 157 points today. Yeah. Toronto, good luck with that, you know, Indy's defense is a problem, but Toronto, their offense is a problem, Sacramento good in New Orleans, we just saw this the other day, the New Orleans Pelicans were the Pelicans, not the Pelicans, and smashed them, I think we can see, maybe not a repeat of that, but I feel like the Pals at home after another day, they're one and a half point underdogs. And you can sort of see why the Kings had an absolute shocker. They do this every so often, though. I might stick with the Pals, plus one and a half. That's a hold your nose. Uh, I don't really like that, actually. I reckon the Kings can bounce back. Let's go. Let's go the Kings minus one and a half instead. Piss it off. Between Fox, Sabonis, if Murray's playing, that one might depend on if Murray's out there. Because we saw Spindles and Zion shoot the absolute piss out of it the other day. I don't know if they can do that again. Give me the Kings minus one and a half. Chicago go to OKC. OKC should beat them pretty handily. It is a six and a half point line though for this Chicago team. It's a pretty big, big line. And in terms of like covering lines so far this season, uh, Chicago, not chaosly bad. Let's have a look and see what they're doing against the lines so far. They are... 5-9-1. 5-9-1. So actually, they are very bad. Hmm. That is, in fact, the second worst in the East. <laughs> Just ahead of the Hawks. And OKC meanwhile, are fucking fantastic and 11-3. and three. We're going to have to go OKC minus 6.5. I'm going to change it. I had that written down as Chicago plus 6.5. The only thing that gives me pause is like Vooch in the middle can give OKC some problems if they're going to try to slow him down with Chet, but you've got enough defense on the perimeter for Levine and DeRozan that OKC should be okay in that one. So give me OKC minus six and a half. Houston hosts Memphis. Memphis are a bit of a train wreck at the moment. I'm going to go the Rockets minus five and a half. They're awesome at home. We've seen the Rockets do that already uh, where they've just been like, oh, shit, guess what? We're fucking awesome at home. And you're like, oh, that's not bad, man. (laughs) That's not bad. So uh, don't mind the Rockets. They are at home so far. Six and one. So I will take the Rockets minus five and a half against this Memphis shell of a Memphis team. Clippers go to San Antonio. We saw them the other day just kick the crap out of them just in hilarious fashion. The line's only nine and a half. Harden, Paul George, Kawhi, and Co will be all right. And the nine and a half should be no problems there for me. Minnesota minus five and a half against Philly. This is a weird one because you got Jaden McDaniels out, but Philly on a back-to-back traveling to Minnesota. I'm still going to go the Wolves. They've got the size to try to contain Embiid between cat and Rudy Gobez. Is that what that were? So give me the Wolves minus five and a half, taking on the Sixers. Uh, Utah minus three and a half against Portland. Oof. After what we saw from both of these teams today. Do you trust Utah to cover the three and a half? Because I barely do, but I'm going to stick with them just because they're a little bit better than Portland. Golden State in Phoenix. Awesome game as well. These last two games are incredible. Warriors at Phoenix and then Dallas at Lakers. Warriors at Phoenix, I think, with a two-and-a-half-point line, I actually don't mind the Warriors. Wiggins is in a little bit of form. They've got a bit of size on the perimeter. I think they can ha- hang with Phoenix. And if you're going to give me two-and-a-half points for the Warriors, we could see a big Steph statement game. Give me the Warriors plus two-and-a-half. And then we've got Dallas at the Lakers. Lakers back-to-back home games. Mavs coming in. You've got Kyrie. You've got Luca. Dallas are actually one-and-a-half point favorites in this. This all comes down to whether or not you believe in the Lakers' defense and if they can slow down this uh, firecracker Dallas offense. The Lakers are only giving up 112 points a game, uh, which is, you know, top six in the West, I think, at the moment. And they look good. But I'm going to take Dallas. I think there's just going to be some uh, pretty fun fireworks. Give me Dallas minus one-and-a-half. Kyrie will drop forty. Luke will have a big one. Oh, they might still do that and still lose. I'm going to go the Lakers. Fuck it, Lakers plus one and a half. I'm not a big fan of the Lakers. We all know that, but this Luca and Kyrie team on defense, I'm just like AD might just fucking eat them up for lunch. What are we doing? And there you go. That's it for today. Um, we might be back tomorrow. Question mark? Uh, depends on how I'm going. The Coco, bit of a rough one. Uh, yeah, what I might do instead is uh, not do a show tomorrow, just depending on how the uh, cocoa's going and how my throat's traveling and the uh, all that sort of gear. And we might just do a Friday show where we wrap up all those Thursday games for you and set you up, because there's no games on Friday. I might just tape it earlier on Friday and uh, set you up for the weekend as well, wrap those Thursday. How's that sound? you got to cut me some fucking slack here. I've got a like, busted Achilles. I've got a broken fucking finger. I've got COVID. <laughs> it's a bit shit. <laughs> we will put out two other videos, though, on the uh, Facey and IG for you. Stats guy and I talk about the best Aussie and uh, most surprising teams and stuff, I reckon. Is that a good deal? But, yeah, if I'm feeling all right tomorrow, I might still jump on, but I just don't want to make any promises because... I mean, last time I had COVID, it was pretty mild. I also just yeah, feel a bit wobbly, and I'm worried about the throat more than anything. So, uh, But in the meantime, you can also go and listen to NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. We had a good chat last night. Uh, it was Gaz's birthday. The Eagles won. That's a good show. Go subscribe to that as well. Uh, and follow NBA Australia and NFL Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG. We're all over the socials. Get around CodeBet as well. CodeBet.com.au. You can read all my stuff there. Go to nbaaustralia.com slash shop and get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on your Android phone. Rate, review, and star it. It does help. Come on. I really don't ask for much. You've heard me whinge a lot today, so apologies for that. But anyway, (laughs) just rate, and review, and star it. If you can do the reviews and go, Jim, it's going to be okay, buddy. We're here for you. And thanks for all the uh, messages. I think somebody else has got the cocoa. Who was messaging me about that? There later Was that Scotty Baxter? Because that's fucking hilarious that I have also now copped it too. So I think so. Yes, Scotty B. <laughs> He's been COVID-confined the last few days. So, yeah, now I am too. Feeling your pain now, Scotty. Anyway, big thanks always. Go to From Oslo for the intro and outro. Song check out the new band House Hats, as well as Joshua De Laurentis. Fascinated. Goldmines. Ramshack Army iOS. Sex Jedi. Green, green, green. And Dozer for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia, Sports, Australian Band, so should you. It is uh, Aussie Band T-Shirt Day on Thursday. Uh, No, Friday, 30th. That's next week, isn't it? Fuck, I don't even know. I'm I'm cooked. When is it? Oz Music T-Shirt Day. There we go. What day is it? Is it this week? I thought it fucking was. Thursday, 30th of November. So next Thursday. All right. So go buy a t-shirt from those bands. I was wearing my Goldmines one yesterday, the day before. Don't ever. F- I was wearing my Iowa one. Iowa one the other day as well. Anyway, uh, no skid at the end of today because I'm fucking cooked. Come on. All right. We'll catch you Murray dickheads. Maybe. We'll talk are so talking on Friday. This is MBSJ saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Ozen. What was that? What the hell was that?